0: poison pals to another episode i hope you're all having a wonderful day thank you for tuning in and choosing us once again Mm -hmm. this is your first time with us welcome (laughs) settle in settle in all right so it's uh harini's day to tell this topic at hand (laughs) what's it gonna be harina oh wow we're just jumping right in oh yeah
1: yeah, let's do it. I'm down, actually, because <laughs> okay. this is a good one. And the, mm-hmm. I'll tell you why it's good, because mm. so I'll probably this will probably be my antidote. But okay. my parents were here this weekend. We finally tricked them into staying with us for the weekend. And it was really great. <laughs> they loved it. They loved being mm-hmm. pampered by us. But it was so sweet because on the drive from my brother's place to our place, when we we're taking them back home, Mm-hmm. my dad was like, I have a story for you for the podcast. And then he's like, I I I pulled it out of the magazine. I brought it from San Diego. And he pulls <laughs> it out of his back pocket. And yeah. he gives me this, like, I'll show it to you. Every-. Uh,
0: is it like a folded in a four square yes, piece of paper? Yep. <laughs> yes. And he, oh, it's the side.
1: It's this. So he sent it to me. It's from Chemical and Engineering Magazine, C-N-E-N. That sounds like
0: some very dry reading. (laughs) Yeah. You know, sometimes they have good articles,
1: but most of the time they don't. Yeah. So anyways, this is a story that my dad did. I was going to do something totally different, but Mm. I don't know. I just felt... Not obligated at all. I was like, you know, this is very sweet. You know, he brought this to me. And it was actually a very interesting read. So great. that's what I'll be doing today. So before that, I will list my sources. So I already listed one. Chemical Engineering Magazine article. That was by Dalmeet Singh Chala. Chemistry World article by Rebecca Traeger. Magnolia Reporter article by Deborah Hale Shelton and Benjamin Hardy. And Arkansas... It's an Arkansas nonprofit news network. Okay. McGill by Dr. Joe Schwartz and Popular Mechanics by William Herkowitz. No hmm. wiki this time because this is hot off the press. Okay. Ish. All right. Yeah. It spans from like 2019 to like
0: now. Oh, shit. That's that. What is it when you do the Google Scholar search and uh-huh. APA yeah. format tells you a search within a 5 your yeah. window. That's mm-hmm. that's prime window right there. 2019. Yes.
1: Fresh, that's when fresh, you know it's fresh. Like fresh. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. We love it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so let's do this now.
1: Ready, guys? <laughs> All right. Megan, let's go back to our college days when we first laid eyes on each other. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. <laughs> I think I just best. moved in to the room and I yeah. met our other roommate first. And I yes. was waiting in anticipation to see who this third person was, <laughs> aka Harini. Yes. And um, I remember, I think I was just, I was probably just in the suite. The suite was pretty mm-hmm. empty. And then you came through. I feel strongly you might have been wearing some form of leather as you do. <laughs> leather jacket, maybe, maybe perhaps. leather pants. Perhaps. Ah, and me. <laughs> you were just so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's always one of those things when you move in as a freshman in college and you have this kind of anxiety and this anticipation of like okay what's this rooming situation really going to be like but yeah harini was bomb as fuck so likewise (laughs) i i remember i was
1: very (laughs) audacious and i remember asking megan hey can i have your bunk
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't even remember that you don't remember that (laughs) i
1: don't don't remember at all oh my god i i think the first thing i asked you was can i have your bunk and then i was like can we switch and yeah. you were like, um, you were so nice about it. You're like, uh, no, uh, I think we have to stay where we're assigned
0: or something like that. And oh, I remember snap. thinking, I'm like, damn, she
1: really, <laughs> I was like, she really held her ground.
0: <laughs> oh shit, I, I don't it, recall any of that because ultimately, I had the loft bed, yeah, and. The me now, I'm like, man, climbing a goddamn ladder every morning was a mistake. And you had the bottom? No. You had oh, the top.
1: No, I also had uh, the top. Oh, I
0: see. Okay, okay. You had the double bunk. I see why you're asking for my bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like,
0: <laughs> I think I got ripped <laughs> out of this
1: whole situation, but it's all good. I um, I'm liking my situation, but it's whatever. Yeah. Um, You definitely could have stood up all the way. That's for sure. Yeah, you'd hit your head. I think I hit yeah. my head once, probably. Yeah. And yeah. you're taller than me, too, so. Yeah, just a little. Uh, yeah, just a little. <laughs> um, shoot, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is an aside. So while we were, while Dave and I were driving somewhere, I was just playing old bops, old tunes, like specifically yeah. like 2012 era. I love oh, to yeah. go back to that playlist. And not bulletproof, it's by Sia. Titanium? Wait, titanium. that is bulletproof. Fly, it's called Titanium, but. Okay, okay. Anyways, so I was telling Dave, I was like, this song has such a special place in my heart because it's tied to a very specific memory, which I'm curious if you were at. Mm. It was the very first week. I think it was like Spirit Week or Zero Week, whatever they call it at UCSD, where they do all kinds of fun stuff. All the RAs collectively for all of um, ERC, Mm -hmm. they basically put on like a mini rager in the yard, in like the court Hmm. courtyard okay and they it wasn't anything crazy they just like blasted music and there was like some lights but it it wasn't a lot of people it was maybe like 15 people (laughs) but i was one of those people because i was like i just want to meet people like whatever and then they played it was the very last song and they were blasting titanium and it was 10 p.m., 11 p.m. You don't really know anybody, but like all of you guys, we're all dancing our hearts out to Titanium, and it was just the most beautiful enriching moment because I'm just like yes like this is it this is my moment I'm starting a new chapter of my
0: life and we're all dancing together it just felt very
1: surreal and I was curious if you were there
0: no I don't think I was there for that but that sounds amazing (sighs) I feel I feel that it's likely I was probably with my sister somewhere Mm, I was mostly spending time with her my first week I know that's Um, right yeah I forgot yeah Mm -hmm. but titanium that was hot shit In that time, like, that was the song. My Mm -hmm. memory of Titanium, honestly, which kind of ruined the song for me. (laughs) Oh, no. As I went to Korean barbecue with a couple teammates, and then Mm -hmm. they invited some of their non-teammate friends, you know, from the dorms. Sure. And one of the non-teammate friends brought her ukulele to Korean barbecue. (laughs) What? And she was playing Titanium on her ukulele in the middle of a restaurant, and I just never will understand that <laughs>
1: like, what of all yes. songs to play on a ukulele and why was playing the ukulele so popular back during that time know. i feel like everyone was
0: trying to play the ukulele i don't think it's a time period thing i think it's everyone who goes to college in their mm. like in their young freshman sol- i don't yeah that's like yeah. for some reason the, the ukulele calls to 17 to 18 year olds when they go to college. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's so weird. Uh, I yeah, don't love that. I just don't love that. just strumming it while we were grilling meats on the Korean barbecue. Wow! <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Okay. That well, is, this has been a trip. a specific memory. Trip down memory <laughs> down lane. Down let's, lane. Let's, let's, yeah. bring <laughs> let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Though I love, okay. I love everything we talked about. Okay. Going back okay. To, to your story. <laughs> okay. So, yes. Let's
1: going back to our college days. And remember, let's think, you're studying with your roommates late one night. Didn't study much probably going to pull an all-nighter for this chem final that's coming up Mm -hmm. it's chem lab so you're studying in the chemistry department when you suddenly begin to feel sick oh you specifically feel a pain in your chest and your Mm. arm goes
0: numb oh shit you're having a heart attack (laughs) yes (laughs) is that a stroke which is it left arm goes numb. is that a stroke or heart attack i I should know this it's true i should know too i think it's a stroke actually
1: stroke is if your face goes numb heart attack well, can be yes. like you can feel it in your chest and in your your yeah. arm
0: gotcha gotcha yes
1: <laughs> i'll look who it the up. fuck
0: knows <laughs> no I, I feel like it should be common knowledge i'll look it up but anyway sorry for interrupting continue no okay so yes
1: you ask your roommates that you're studying with if they feel sick too and your roommates say that they just smell something that's gotcha. when you start to smell and taste iron You think you're bleeding, but you're not. This is exactly the experience that Joseph Andrews and three other Henderson State University students had one October night in 2019. Huh. All of this was happening around 9.30 p.m. The four students, they get up from their studying and they decide to go out in search of this odor. Mm -hmm. The odor was described as very sweet and very pungent. Hmm. Hmm. The Odor Trail leads them to a chemistry lab used by two chemistry professors at that time, Dr. Terry David Bateman and Dr. Bradley Rowland. Joseph Andrews has to stop in the hallway because he feels so overwhelmingly ill. He sprints out of the chemistry building and the students contact professors Bateman and Roland to let them know what was going on in their lab. Professor Rowland arrives first, then Bateman not five minutes later. So after about 15 too many minutes of them, like the professors being in their chem lab, mm-hmm. Professor Rowland comes outside and he tells the students that he believes the culprit was an open bottle of benzyl chloride leaking mm. fumes. And mm. he says that he's fixed it or capped it. So it was, quote, all good now. Mm. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, God. <laughs> the next day after the chemical spill was Tuesday, October 8th. Classes continued as usual, but the students could feel something was wrong. A biochem student says he arrived for class at 8 a.m. and he smelled this really strong chemical smell throughout the building. The way that he describes the smell was the following. Quote, imagine something akin to an Expo marker, but times a thousand. Mm. He was immediately concerned for safety and he knew that he didn't want to, nor should be breathing in whatever it was. Hmm. Yet classes continued throughout the day until noon
0: how interesting i mean i feel like mm -hmm. knowing at least some undergrads i'm like i would use any excuse to get out of anything so if a smell 10 times that of an expo marker was going Mm -mm. on i feel like i can't freaking focus i'm getting lightheaded or whatever dude yeah so that's bizarre (laughs) I, especially a chemistry class like I'll yeah, do yeah. anything to not be there. Yeah, exactly. I feel like listen, I can't going. can't focus with this smell <sighs> happening. I have to go home. <laughs> I got to leave. I got to leave. Yeah. And then I would just use that excuse all
1: year even after the smell is totally gone. <laughs>
0: like, I still I'll smell it. it. I still smell, smell it. it. <laughs> Real quick, sorry. This is bringing it back to the freaking left arm thing. Uh yeah. yes, left arm <laughs> numbness is indicative or indicator of a stroke, but it, I want to it's interesting that everything that they were feeling prior to the professor being like, oh, it was this, I capped it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they had left arm numbness and they started smelling something, something burning or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, that's all indicators of a stroke. Like, that's so what? Interesting. In my head, if that was happening, I'd be like, am I having a stroke? I, I'm just yeah. curious if they ever had that moment instead of being like, Oh, it's an external factor. You know what I mean, right? Anyway, right. It's just it's just interesting that it's causing those same symptoms. That but, is really weird. That is yeah. weird. And
1: mm-hmm. this is just an aside because we were also talking about heart attacks. Mm-hmm. I, I made a TikTok video on this. You guys can watch it on there if you're interested. But I didn't really know this at the time. But then when I was looking into the symptoms of a heart attack, having a heart attack can feel like you need to shit.
0: Oh yeah, you. Which you just said wild. this. On- TikTok, I think. yeah, yeah, it was on TikTok. I was it's like, "Where did I just hear this?" <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, you, yes, that's which is so, so interesting. Wild. And someone yeah.
1: commented afterwards saying, "Like, you know, my dad was in the hospital for a heart attack, and yeah. then while he was there, he's telling the nurse that he has he really had to go to the bathroom, like he had to take a shit, and huh. so she was wondering, like, maybe he ha- was having another heart attack, actually."
0: Oh damn! it's
1: Like wow, okay, but yeah, that can happen.
0: No, which is why a lot of people die on the crapper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So after I saw that or saw you post about this, I was like, man, I will never know if I'm going to have a heart attack because whenever I poop, I know it's like IBS, so... <laughs> There's always some sort of heart flutter and anxiety. And oh my god. I wouldn't I'd be a goner for sure. Dude, for sure. I'm like
1: the amount of like pushing that I do if I have like not eating my leafy greens, like
0: Absolutely. Oh like, you know, I will when you- stop my heart in its place. For sure. When you if you don't have a squatty potty and this is for people who don't have a squatting body yeah. in their lives, but like yeah. when you push so hard that you got to prop your your feet up on their toes, <laughs> and your your toes are straining. Any kind of, <laughs> any kind of elevation that you possibly can get. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry.
1: Anyways, mm-hmm. at lunchtime, two employees finally. Okay, so let me backtrack. Maybe you guys mm-hmm. forgot the store already. So, <laughs> Okay, they, they have the smell. It's still going, and they don't stop classes until noon. So it's lunchtime. We're mm-hmm. at lunchtime now. It's lunch, two employees finally call the university's chief of police, a man named Johnny Campbell, to report the odor. Campbell gets to the chemistry building, and people complain to him of watery eyes, nose, mm-hmm. and throat irritation. So Campbell immediately locks down the building and evacuates it as well, room by room. Mm -hmm. To explain the size of this power squad that comes in to investigate the smell, I'm going to read directly from a section of the Magnolia Reporter article. So here it is. The law enforcement and emergency response presence quickly expanded to include the Clark County Sheriff's Office, the Arkadelphia Fire Department, which I love that name, Arkadelphia. Yeah. The Arkansas State Police, a chemist from the Arkansas State Crime Lab, and even a civil support team from the Arkansas National Guard. Hmm. The guard team was called in from Camp Robinson and North Little Rock to help police identify the chemicals spilled and to determine any potential dangers to the campus. Hmm. And this was a huge disruption to workflow, to classes, to everything. Basically, when they evacuated, they had to leave everything there because it could be contaminated. Right. So that Mm -hmm. included laptops, even like bags or just like teaching supplies, whatever. So professors were not able to get access to their laptops or other computer systems for weeks. Like everything was shut down for weeks. The school's acting president, Elaine Niebone wrote to the provost and chair of the chemistry department to, quote, please continue to make sure the building is completely secure and no mm. unauthorized people get access. Mm. Three days after the spill, on October 10th, Henderson University placed Professor Roland and Bateman on administrative leave. Mm. One month later, the Arkansas Police Department confirmed the rumors swirling on campus. Which I will say. <laughs> yeah, I'm like,
0: <laughs> what are the, yeah, the, what what the rumors? rumors? <laughs> yeah, what are the rumors? What's What was confirmed? What's real? What's what's fiction?
1: Okay, sorry. What's fiction? What's real? Yes. Yeah. Here we go. Here's what it is. The state crime lab found both methamphetamine and a controlled substance called phenyl-2-propanone hmm. or P2P in multiple samples taken from the lab where the spill happened. This info is all coming from a November 5th, 2019 affidavit from Clark County Sheriff Jason Watson. P2P. I sound so silly saying that. (laughs) P2P is the penultimate chemical step in a common technique used to make meth. Okay.
0: Pause. Megan, have you ever watched Breaking Bad? Yes. I've seen all of it and am Ready to binge watch the most recent season <laughs> of Better Call Saul that was just released on Netflix. My dad so, yes. has
1: been binging that. He says it's really good.
0: <sighs> Dare I say, I might like Better Call Saul more than Breaking Bad. What? I mean, I love them both. They're both fantastic. Whoa. Um, but I think there's just something about Bob Odenkirk that just um, I absolutely adore. And yeah. I think the character development of Saul is this the slow burn just feels so much more there than in breaking bad but i mean they're, they're both great they're both super amazing anyways no because i was gonna <laughs> say i have not i've watched neither and mm. people have been
1: telling me for so many years that i should watch breaking bad so maybe i will i bring this up because i i'm assuming it's been a while since you've watched breaking bad mm-hmm. but maybe you'll recall from this the mm-hmm. way that walter white makes his meth is the p2p method
0: Okay. I would not have remembered that detail, but okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So cool. we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. Okay. Besides the fact that they were making meth, the lab itself was a complete mess and unsafe per protocol. So I'll get into that as well later. Mm. But on November 15th, 2019, the sheriff's office arrests both men. Damn. Professor Bateman resigns on December 1st, while Professor Roland gets fired on January 21st of 2020. Wow. They are scheduled to begin their trial separately this fall, 2022, in the Clark County Circuit Court in
0: Arkadelphia. I love it. I love all these recent court trials that mm-hmm. we can keep uh, track know. of and just follow. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they have both pleaded innocent to the charges mm. of drug possession and manufacturing.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Bateman's attorney stated in a recent interview that quote He's not convinced that meth was present in room 304. Room 304 is their lab. Mm and suggested that there were some issues with the testing methods. Hmm. He goes on to say, this is what I think is ridiculous, he goes on to say, most meth labs, when you test them, are in a woods or a trailer, not a college science lab. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! <laughs> I
0: hate that argument no, already. No, Boo! No. <laughs> exactly. Also, it to goes it goes back to the concept of drugs do not discriminate. <sighs> It is true. Meth is predominantly made in rural (laughs) areas. I get that. I grew up in a town where that happened. Yeah. But, I mean, understandably, it's because of the scent that's Uh, Mm off-put. I'm pretty sure that's why people try to get to rural rural locations to make it, because you can smell it. Right. That said, I'm like, yeah, if someone has all the accessible, you know, whatever they need in one place, yeah, you know, they... (laughs) They're going to use that easy access thing. And yeah, I, to me, it's it's just like, you know, drugs and making of drugs does not discriminate <laughs> based on location. I don't know what else to say.
1: I agree. Yeah. And also, mm-hmm. if you're not going to make it in a backwoods trailer or in the woods, the next best place do is in a freaking chem lab. Like right. come on. Come
0: Where it's on. sterile, you're going to make a better product there. It just all makes sense, but who uh, I mean, they're plating innocent, so I don't know if they're making a product, but I would understand why they chose a chem lab. Um so, yes. Yeah. I mean, ultimately
1: he, the lawyer denies that they made meth at all. Okay. All in all, Henderson University, they have to spend $148,000 to clean the entire chemical building. The cleaning mm. involved, among other things, washing the walls and floors, running mm. air scrubbers for weeks, ventilating the building and testing indoor air quality. Mm-hmm. The lab itself, room Three Hundred Four, was entirely gutted. Everything is replaced, uh, equipment is removed, disposed of, and it's not a lab anymore. It's now served as a storeroom for supplies. Wow. However, the October 2019 incident was not out of the blue, there were definitely warning signs. Mm. One year prior, almost one year prior, on December 10th, 2018, the university's general counsel, Elaine Kneebone, she was then the counsel, not the president yet. She advises Sheriff Jason Watson that other faculty members expressed to her that Bateman and Roland were, quote, exhibiting a marked deviation in their behavior. Mm. Specifically, colleagues noted that their personal hygiene and weight loss was so drastic that faculty members felt that they were involved in illegal activity in the chem lab. Like they literally said that word for word. Mm. Okay. And this was a year prior, right? Wow. Dr. Bateman and Roland would work in the lab late at night many, many times and into the early morning and were very guarded about who came and went into the building, especially their lab. If anyone entered their lab, they would not let them out of their sight. Mm. So there's a lot of strange behaviors leading up to this. Right. Right. So the question remains, why – this hap- this, if this was happening the year prior in December, mm-hmm. why wasn't anything done? Because clearly other faculty members have reported this and expressed right. concerns to the legal counsel. Right. The answer is like there – it's like one of those scenarios where there was more issues happening that they felt took priority. So mm-hmm. I'll get into that. There were other issues that may have led to the chemical spill – so in June of 2019, the university announced a hiring freeze and spending cuts because $4.5 million in unpaid student accounts were owed from the previous year. Wow. Student debt to the school skyrocketed from 2013 to 2014, where it was $3.7 million, to more than $10 million in 2018 to 2019. Mm. Then-President Glenn Jones kept all of these financials on the down low. But when his attempts to secure a line of credit fell through, he was forced to come out of the woodwork and be honest about their financial struggles to ask the state for help. Mm. Despite previous complaints and comments about Bayman and Rowland, no disciplinary action was taken because of the university's problematic culture of Mm -hmm. keeping things quiet. Mm. A faculty member described working at Henderson as opaque. You couldn't see anything clearly, no transparency whatsoever. So I was talking about the lab conditions themselves. MTech, a Little Rock-based environmental consulting firm, was hired to inspect the chem lab, and when they got to the lab, they noted some 85 different liquids in unlabeled containers, which is a huge no-no mm. in any kind of lab. You always label everything, keep a very precise log, et cetera. Right. They also noted that the ventilation hoods were either not working or not Oof. working well. Ooh. So upkeep was clearly not happening, and that posed a huge safety risk in and of itself. I mean, mm-hmm. Megan, I, I don't think you took any, like, chem courses
0: or labs, but correct me if I'm wrong. No. My only exposure to that is in the job that I have now when I was hired. They did the PPE quiz because it's a lab. Or it wasn't even a quiz. It was just, like, you know, safety overview. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
1: yeah. like, I... <laughs> No, no, totally. Because there's certain things like I remember I had to take it every single year, for ICSD, right. get tested on the proper PPE as well as like bloodborne pathogen quiz and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. How do you properly dispose of yourself? What happens in a chemical spill? Like how long do you wash your eyeballs for? Shit like right, that. Right, right, right. So in that, you learn quite heavily. And even now, post-pharmacy school, something you really have to understand is like, the upkeep of the equipment and the hood's really, really important in any kind of lab, no matter what you're doing, any lab, you need to make sure your hoods are up to par Mm -hmm. uh, per like protocols and safety and regulation standards. Every six months, I believe you have Mm -hmm. to get it recertified. Mm -hmm. So if it's not working, like what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Anyways, the fact that the lab ventilation system was not working may have been the reason why the students were able to discover the legal activities of the two professors, because mm-hmm. the smell was not being ventilated. Right, So right. to get back to your point, Megan, the reason why people make meth out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. for the smell. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason why they felt it was safe to do it in the chem lab was because it, they felt like it was getting ventilated properly.
0: Right, right.
1: Okay. So that's that's honestly like the story part. In terms of aftermath, Roland's trial is scheduled to begin the week of September 27th, and okay. Bateman's trial is set to begin October 26th. The men are free on bond, but are being electronically monitored and are not allowed to travel outside of Clark County. Yeah. Post this, in terms of the university, they have made recommendations moving forward. Among them was the creation of a new admin, which is director of risk management, which they definitely need to have. Actually, Megan, I don't know if you know, I'm. does UCSD
0: have like a risk management department or anything like that? I'm sure they do. do I feel that it might not be called that, but okay. I can't yeah. imagine an institution that large doesn't have that sort of department. Right? So,
1: yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So the school's budget now includes that position. However, it has not yet been filled as of mm. this article. The university itself serves some 3,500 students, and they are still reeling from the news of being millions of dollars in debt now that has come to light. And then you add on this drug scandal that seems to be out of an episode of Breaking Bad. Right. Right. And then on top of that, (laughs) news comes out that this illegal meth activity has been going on for 10 plus months, and people knew about it, faculty knew about it, and nothing was done.
0: Right. So- It's just bad publicity on top of bad publicity. Yeah. Oh, it's so tough because this is a small liberal arts college Mm -hmm. that was struggling with funding. Yeah. And also the concept of, you know, having worked at a large public institution, many of times I hear that comment of like, we knew about this. Why wasn't anything done? etc and that's such an easy thing to say and like yeah outside as an outside observer it it just makes sense in your brain of like if the warning signs were there why didn't anybody act like totally valid feeling but when you're in the administration like when you're a part of that system um it it is extremely slow moving like the systems that are in place and I'm not saying that's bad or good. I'm just saying like this is fact. It's sure it is can be so slow to yeah. do every step in the process of whether it's compliance or risk management or um and also to fire tenured professors, extremely yeah. difficult, near yeah. impossible, honestly. So, it, you know, unless the unless the uh, allegation or um, whatever the concern is around them is is Im- like immediately severe and uh, very tangible and present to witnesses, it's hard to, like, prove anything otherwise, if that makes yeah, sense. Absolutely so, agreed. yeah, I I get the comment of you know people already making complaints why wasn't this done why did, why did the you know upper administration allow for this to go on for 10 months it's mm-hmm. and I, I i don't know you know i i can't i can't know what actually happened until i look into it but yeah. i feel that what's most common is that they saw the complaints they probably were acting on it on some capacity but mm-hmm. whatever processes they have in place it just takes a long freaking time it just does agreed
1: agree with you and I'm glad you brought that perspective up because if you look at it from their side of things, uh, they were already in millions of dollars of debt and what they're essentially trying to do at this point is get funding from someone, right? Mm -hmm. Primarily the state, maybe even outside funding. But in order to fund, they have to look like this pristine, otherwise like, you know, wholesome university. Right. And having news out of your own professor's building a meth lab at your university is not a great look. No one's going to want to fund you with that news coming out. So it's a very tricky situation. I'm not saying that they should like, I'm not saying what they should or should not have done in that scenario. I think it's very complex. There's definitely more layers to it than we all could just sit here and be like, Oh, they should have done this or that. Right. 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 And I agree with you, Megan. Like it wasn't like there was any immediate threat to the students that they could tangibly see. Mm -hmm. And also if they don't have any immediate threat, they're not gonna take the time and the resources to actually investigate two right. tenured professors. They're just right. not right. Because even that brings unwanted publicity and questions are starting. Oh, like our professors are under investigation, and internal investigation,
0: right. like what's going on, right. et cetera. And and also it's that um it's that idea of visibility too. Like you um They could have very well been investigating, but because they don't want this to be public or they don't want ultimately the students to have this mindset of, oh, our education is being interfered with, the reality is, I, I mean, I feel strongly, I have no proof, I guess, but... This is just how I feel. I feel strongly that they probably were looking into these professors, but because it's so hush hush, you know, or invisible to the public's eye or the student's eye, Mm -hmm. it feels like nothing was being done. You know what I mean? Sometimes when things aren't visible, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know the timeline. You wouldn't know what's happening behind the scenes. But um, yeah, so... What I'm most curious about, though, is the story of the professors like, you know, what causes someone to go down this path? It almost seems too easy to liken it to Breaking Bad, given that they clearly were ha- the school is having financial problems. Um, you know, I'm like my brain skips from point A to point B to be like school is having financial problems. Maybe the professors had pay cuts. They had to make some side money right then they're starting to you know they have access to a lab and now they're like might as well utilize this for some other ventures totally the other side of me is like as you know i've always wondered (sighs) i think thanks a lot to breaking bad there's actually this kind of um I wouldn't say it's a forgiveness towards the creation of meth, but it's almost like because it's so like chem, like when people think about meth, they they now think like, oh, it's chemistry. It's it's science. And yes, it's it's impressive chemistry and science that ultimately leads to a drug that causes a lot causes a lot of harm. Sure, um, but I do think there is that weird narrative around meth as being something that's very sciencey. You know what I mean? I I <laughs> yeah. don't know if you under, like you I agree with you that. Mean. Yeah. But um, that said, the other the other part of me, like my theory is like, you know, what if these were two professors who were just like, you know, we have the resources. I don't want to sell this drug, but I've always been curious on how to make it and like why Mm -hmm. not because it's 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 answering a curiosity it's you know it's science related it's chemistry why not try to see if we can make it just for funsies and (laughs) right I'm like to me I'm like if I had the chemistry background and the knowledge and the tools to do it uh, to, to any DEA that, that mm-hmm. would be listening. I don't have any of those skills. I don't have any access to any of this stuff. This is me just being an idiot. But like, I'm like, I could see the appeal of being like, could I make meth? Like, is that right. something I could do? With no intention to sell. I don't know. I, I'm curious to know what brought them to this that point. I'm curious too. And unfortunately, they don't go into
1: why because they are pleading innocent at this point. Right. So right. they're not going to admit to that right like, the thing right. is like uh, in my perspective and i think the general perspective is like they they obviously were making meth in that right. lab and they were clearly tasting their batches right right using you it. know yeah they're using it and um whether they were selling it is another whole right. scenario that we're, we're not sure of right but they definitely were so yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> just a little bit about them and then we can go into like how you would make math, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bateman was an associate professor of chemistry and he began teaching at Henderson way back in 2009. So he okay. was a tenure professor, was there mm-hmm. for a while. He earned his bachelor's degree from Henderson itself and his doctoral degree from the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville, according to his LinkedIn. <laughs> okay. Roland, a Texas native, came to Henderson from... Houston Tillotson University in Austin in 2014. And the two professors were co-advisors of the HSU Chemistry Club. So they've been buds for a while. Yeah. In his first year at Henderson, Prof- Professor Roland gives an interview at the Oracle, the student newspaper, in which he declared his fondness for the show Breaking Bad. <laughs> of course. It's like one of those things like, oh, that did not
0: age well. <laughs> I know. God damn it.
1: And Roland goes on to say... I thought it was a great show. It was spot on and accurate when it came to the science and has gotten a younger, newer generation interested in chemistry. Mm. I feel like it was a wonderful recruiting tool.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, Uh,
0: he's not wrong. (laughs) Yes, it's all correct. But this is where I, you know, Mm. it's one of those things where I'm like, but you're missing the point of the show. The show, at the end mm. of the day, it's not about meth. It's, th- I, and I know it sounds so backwards. Okay, because clearly meth is a huge plot point, but right. like it's beyond that. It's it's, you know, totally like the statement like that to me is completely ignoring the the character development, the repercussions, the the actual yeah. damage and harm that it can cause to communities, totally. and that's why I'm like that's i'm like i get it you love chemistry and this was so satisfying to see on tv where it's like there's love for chemistry i get it yeah. but that's not the point of the show <laughs> right right yeah i agree with you i agree yeah. with you missing the complete human element altogether so that's why i'm like yeah. uh, okay they are not seeing clearly
1: and this is just more fuel to his fire of the trial i'm sure they're going to use these words against him it's not great it's not great yeah so um yeah so okay well anyway so that's basically the story so now I'm going to transition to more you know the toxicology and the science behind making meth mm-hmm. and let me tell you Megan I was I was really like <laughs> I had my hand over the enter button so many times be like do I really want to enter this shit into google right now like right, I literally right. wrote how do you make meth like I was like, uh, oh, yeah God. I understand
0: it's I like I, I'm ready for my door to be broken down right I now know. FBI open up <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I know i know i wonder how much there is truth behind when you type in things like how to make meth or you know the, the one that comes to my mind is like how do you make a bomb right that yeah. that's something that was trending after the freaking unabomber and all these things so uh anyways mm, yeah
1: totally so actually i was delighted to see that when mm. i did type in how to make meth it was like all these do you need
0: help? Do you need to go to rehab? Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, very like that smart. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Like very, yeah. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah, know? exactly. And I, like I how like, desperate are, like how desperate are you for this product that you're willing to make it yourself now? Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Totally. So. And I was like, wonderful, wonderful. Just like some light research. And, <laughs> right. uh, the other articles that popped up besides like hotlines were, right. um, like, you know, like WebMD type of sites where they're like how to spot, um, equipment, And products that are used in meth in your home or otherwise. Just like that kind of behavior, et cetera. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I've never researched this before. So it's good to know, like, what would pop up.
0: Right. That's funny that you wrote, How would you make, like, how to make meth? (laughs) Very straightforward. I I, I know. Like, you know what? Good, good on you. I would definitely, I would have written something like the chemistry of meth. (laughs) You know, or like something. <laughs> you know,
1: I did pause and I was like, "There must be, there must be Harini. Like, there's a, must be a better way to write this. Like, I don't, I've got time, right? <laughs> uh, let's uh, just get to the point. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's what I found out, and I kind of already knew this. Um, I have to. I'm gonna shout out Zuri, Zuri yeah. Shane. Please fact check missouri but i believe when they were in pharmacy school and they were telling me this when i was still in college i think they were telling me that at their pharmacy school like one of the first things that they learned in their lab like classes or component of the curriculum was Mm -hmm. how to make meth something Uh like that like they were taught the components in the lab of like how you would put things put it all together Uh uh-huh They don't tell them exactly how to make it because that's dangerous, of course. But I think they like taught them enough where they would be able to spot it if someone, for example, because a lot of these things you can buy over the counter. Right. So just for them to spot it as a pharmacist, if people are buying it at the store, you would know and you can report it. So sorry, if you're listening to this, let me know if that's real or if I just made
0: that shit up. (laughs) No, it's I I mean I know it's real but for the year you you all are gonna be like okay how is this even credible I know that it's Sudafed is like the top product to buy mm-hmm. over the counter mm-hmm. for meth making purposes and the only reason yes. I know that is because they're well actually I feel like it's mentioned in Breaking Bad too but oh, I watched yeah. a recent episode of American Dad where <laughs> Steve the son Unknowingly helps like uh, oh my meth god. addicts. Um, <laughs> like they do an exchange. Like the meth addict is like, "I'll buy you guys alcohol if you buy me like 180 boxes of Sudafed." And Steve's like, "Okay, yeah, like let's do it." And, oh my yeah, god, that's so that's kind yes. of funny. Okay, yes, that's
1: <laughs> correct. Yes, mm-hmm. a great mm-hmm. transition because there are multiple ways to make meth. You can make it using over-the-counter meds like Sudafed, as Megan mm-hmm. said, which is basically just pseudoephedrine. Mm-hmm. Which is why, I, Megan,
0: have you ever bought Sudafed? No, I've Okay. Never. It's um, it is decongestant, <laughs> like blood vessel, um, yes, dilators Constricta. or Constricta. constrictors. Okay, opposite.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. is a stimulant through and through. Mm-hmm. And I have bought Sudafed actually. The most recent time, my dad actually bought it for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you buy Sudafed over the counter, maybe you should just do this just for shits and gigs, Meg, mm-hmm. just to have it like in the in your cabinet. <laughs> sure, but- sure. And for the experience of it. So when you go buy Sudafed over the counter, you have to obviously buy it from, you have to buy it from the pharmacist. Right. You can't buy it from like the front counter. Right. So you go to the pharmacist, you buy your Sudafed, you say, can I have some Sudafed? Because it's not in the aisles. It's behind the counter, even though it's over the counter. So (laughs) they give you the Sudafed, like, okay, you want Sudafed, what do you you want? Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I want this. So, okay. So they give it to you. You have to sign your name and a log. First of all, you have to sign your okay. name, your address, your phone number, okay. uh, and then you have to show them your driver's license. Okay, you have to be at least eighteen years old. Okay, uh, and then they log the number of tablets that you've bought, okay. the date that you bought them, how many um, boxes you've bought, and the strength. Wow. And the reason why there's so much information that they put in there is because. You can make meth out of it. Right. And that's the main reason and the only reason. (laughs) And you are only about allowed to buy a certain amount per day. So you can only buy 3.6 grams in one day or nine grams in one month, which is why they log it. Once you've bought Sudafed, you're in their system. Right. So if you come back again, they'll know, which is probably why they have, if you're really going to do it, like, no, I'm not going to say it.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's fine. Sensor, sensor. (laughs) Um... Nine grams. How how many tablets would that be? What size tablets do they usually come in? How many milligrams is in one tablet? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head, but that's a good question. So let me just like look it up really
1: quick. Mm -hmm. And as I'm looking this up, just to note, Sudafed PE is Mm. not Sudafed. Okay, if that makes sense. Sudafed PE is phenylephrine, so that is also a nasal decongestant, but that's purely over the counter like you can buy it from the aisles and it's right. in the aisles no problem because it's not pseudoephedrine it's just right. phenylephrine it's, but pseudoephed only with no pe abbreviation at the
0: end that is pseudoephedrine which is you I have to get you. it from behind the counter okay gotcha i was like pseudoephed pe that's Sudafed's cousin that likes physical education too much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Too much of an athlete to be uh, <laughs> having a good time with drugs. So one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Just kidding. Athletes do drugs sometimes. <laughs> Just put that out there.
1: It's a thing all the time, all the time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all of them is like Sudafed PE, and I'm like, no, mm. I want the real shit.
0: You gotta, you know how it's like Google search first page. You gotta skip to page nine because I'm sure that's where it's all hidden. <laughs> I know. For for. Okay. Reasons, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so
1: yeah. Okay. So I found it. It's um. It comes with thirty milligram, sixty milligram, or hundred twenty milligram tablets. Oh shit. One twenty sounds like a lot. One twenty is a lot. It's a yeah. lot. So if we do the math, because I'm not good at math, divided by one twenty. <laughs> um, that's
0: thirty tabs. If you're gonna go for the highest strength. <sighs> that's thirty sounds tabs. like So much. Thirty tablets of one hundred twenty milligrams. Yeah, that's a lot. I feel like you could make a little batch of meth with that. <laughs> See,
1: I'm kidding. Totally I don't know. <laughs> So that's 30 tabs that you can buy in one day and then
0: 75 tabs that you can buy in a whole month. So oh, that's okay. Notes. that's seems like even more. Yeah. Wow. It,
1: it, is. That it is, totally is. That is more. That <laughs> <It> is more.
0: That is more. Okay. Um, huh.
1: Yeah. So just for everyone's knowledge. Okay. However, the method Bayman and Roland use is the P2P method, as I said. Okay. This method is generally a lower grade meth that they hmm. make. And it does not require over-the-counter drugs. Mm. And as I said earlier, the P2P method is what Walter White used to
0: cook up his meth in Breaking Bad. How interesting. Because in Breaking yeah. Bad, as you know, Walter White, he's a proud ass bitch who's all about my product is the cleanest, the, cleanest. It's the, the bluest. Purest. But you just said the P2P method is lower quality. So it sure is. interesting. It sure
1: is. And I'll get into that too. Yeah. So a lot of this information in this last section is from mm-hmm. a popular mechanics article written by this PhD guy okay. who watched. this was back when Breaking Bad was it was a season finale of Breaking Bad so right, it was a while right. ago, and this was an article that was released around the time that this was coming out the mm-hmm. final article final episode sorry and he is a scientist a chemistry professor or something like that and so he basically breaks down Breaking Bad and mm-hmm. the science behind it to kind of say how much of this is accurate or not right. accurate yeah. Okay. So Sudafed, as I mentioned, and Megan mentioned too, is closely monitored by the DEA. So it becomes a natural and permanent bottleneck for two reasons, because it's being monitored and because you can only buy so much in a day and a month as we just went over. Mm-hmm. That, the reason why Sudafed is considered higher grade or more pure form is because met is because is the active ingredient in Sudafed. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially the same molecule as meth. Right. If you look at like their their chemical structures. Any chemist worth a salt, my dad said this himself, <laughs> would know how to do a few simple tweaks to turn it into meth easily. Okay. You basically use red phosphorus collected from matchbox mm-hmm. strike strips and mm-hmm. iodine which I think most people have, they put it on their cuts and scrapes, mm-hmm. which creates a strong acid and that is able to to remove the right compound of pseudofedrine to make it methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. And just a disclaimer, guys, this is not all the steps. I'm not telling you right. how to make meth. I couldn't even find it, I'm sure, if I wanted right, to. Right. All the steps. They're not going to tell you how. So this yeah. is just like going from A to Z. But the PTP method is a little more complicated. Mm. With pseudofed, it's like you have a lamp. You already have the lamp. It's ready to go. And you just need to change out the light bulb. And then mm. you have meth. But with P2P, it's like you're given the whole Ikea bed and you just assemble it piece by piece. Mm. So similarly for P2P, you have to assemble the meth very much like molecule by molecule. Got it. P2P has the whole name is phenyl-2-propanone and it's the intermediary molecule that Walter White used in his process. Mm. P2P shares the same basic shape as meth and pseudofed hmm. The way that it is described and to get everyone a better understanding of it, look if you look at a key, like a regular household key, and then you look at the teeth on mm-hmm. the key, right? Mm-hmm. So it has like this the circular carbon loop, which would be like the head of the ring of the key, and mm-hmm. then a short carbon neck that's bonded to a few teeth of clustered chemical groups.
0: Okay.
1: To turn P2P into meth, you just have to change the teeth. So you don't have to change the key head. You just need mm-hmm. to change the teeth. Interesting. In reality, on the show, the DEA is well aware of all these processes. They're they're aware that you can just have to change the teeth on the key, so they keep a close watch on the compound of P2P to avoid detection. Walter will synthesize his P2P from a particularly foul smelling organic compound, which actually I didn't do the full research, but I believe that's benzyl chloride Mm. is like the starting compound, which Mm -hmm. is what the chemical spill was. From there, Walter will switch the teeth on the molecular key by reacting it with methylamine, Mm. which is where the meth part of methamphetamine gets its name from. Got it. In the show, though, Walter White steals a shit ton of methylamine. Like He just stocks up on a ton of methylamine. Right. And based on this this doctor of chemistry, he says – That was the part where it was a little odd from the show writer's perspective, because he says it's not hard to make. So he's like, even if you, he didn't have to stock up on it, because if you're any kind of chemist worth their salt, you would be able to make it very easily in the lab.
0: You wouldn't have to like
1: buy it in huge quantities like
0: that. Okay, interesting, because I was gonna ask, I was like, is methylamine something that's just a common product in any lab? Mm-hmm. Um, cause as someone who's never really stepped foot in a lab, I mean, mm-hmm. I have, cause I work at a facility that has a lab, right. but I'm not looking at what's in their beakers <laughs> or on the, right. on the workbench. <laughs> right, um, right, okay. So that's interesting. All yeah. right. So that was like one thing.
1: But the P2P method doesn't create 100% pure meth. P2P creates a mirror image of meth, Mm. meaning that there's a tooth on either side of the key. Mm. And that is something that you can't really control if you're synthesizing it in a lab. Mm. So technically, it's a 50-50 mixture. Mm. Similar to how carbon can either form a diamond or charcoal, depending on how the molecules are arranged, the Mm -hmm. same holds true for making meth. If some of the teeth are on the wrong side of the key, it can have a totally different effect on the body. Mm. So that's where the mirror image of meth comes in. It's also called an enantiomer, which we sort of talked about already on the little mite episode. Right. And they mm-hmm. have clearly wildly different effects right. on the body. Right. Right. So it's really, really important. Anyways, so meth has en- enantiomers, right? The mm-hmm. mirror image side. So one will get you very high. That's the meth. And the other is a na- nasal decongestant. Ah, uh, okay okay mm-hmm. meth's enantiomer actually is the main active ingredient in vix vapor rub oh shit mm-hmm. okay so I'll see you vix yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Par- party vix <laughs> so if you put vix on you or like do like one of those like vapor rub things and yeah, then yeah. go do a drug test it will
0: show up positive for meth. Just how FYI. interesting. Yeah. I put that shit all up inside my nostrils. I don't know <laughs> why they brain. say. Yeah. Yes. Got to go all up in the side. <laughs> I don't know why they say put it on your chest. That vapor does not reach my congested nose at that level. It needs to go inside the nose. <laughs> oh, my God. Even though dude. it warns against it. <laughs> oh, it will burn, baby. Burn. Yes. It's the only way I get the mucus out. It's got to burn it it's out. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's true it's true
1: so right off the bat and i want to hear your thoughts on this right off the bat mm-hmm. this cuts the purity of meth by 50 percent because it is literally a 50 50 uh ratio of the the mirror image to the mirror image because huh. one half will be basically the vix right. and the other half will be meth right so the i Technically, there is a way to isolate the actual meth away from its enantiomer form, mm-hmm. but it's costly in both time and money. Right. And I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, if I don't believe Walter even does that in the show. So he does, I think there's like, at least per, per this article, he does state, Walter does state, like, you know, uh, this other guy, I'm sure there's other people that he's competing with where they're mm-hmm. like, oh, my stuff is better or whatever. The right, fuck. Right, right. And he's and he's they're basically using the same method as right. Walter. And so Walter calls him out being like, how can yours be more pure than mine? Like we're using this method, which is already not pure to begin with. Hmm. So I don't know if Walter does like an extra step to isolate the compounds. I'm not sure. But that's so that's that. Yeah. Another thing that I thought was just this is now we're pretty much done with the episode, but mm-hmm. this is just like for fun. I'm glad you pointed out that in the show his meth is blue. Right. And this this doctor of chemistry was basically like, I've never seen blue meth before. So I don't know if that's just like something that they added for the show. Right. Or, right. you know, just for more flair. Right. But I have to do more research on that because I don't know if that's necessarily true. But right. he says, to his knowledge, he's never seen known meth to ever be blue. Because um, like, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing in the process of making meth, especially in the P two P method, that would right. cause anything to turn blue.
0: Yeah. So just another totally. tidbit. I wouldn't be surprised if that was just like a cinematic choice to sure. to drive home this concept of Walter being an extremely proud chemist and meth producer that right it, like it needed something to differentiate his stuff is so clean and good that it's literal ice it's yeah, blue yeah. like ice not that ice is blue but you get the idea <laughs> right. um, um but i yeah i would be interested to re-look up maybe even re-watch because my in my mind i'm like that's that's such a huge part of the storyline and his and who his character is that um I'm like, there might have been a part where he does do an extra step where he takes away the nasal congestant, uh, nasal decongestant yeah. aspect of his meth. Yeah. But you know what? It's it's just been so long since I've watched. But that's a good question because then I'm like, then at the end of the day, that makes Breaking Bad just another um you know tv show that got right. some stuff wrong apparently right. but um it, it just the the con like, the idea of inconsistent writing i think is hard to cope with because we i think people who did watch breaking bad and um dare i say people who didn't even watch know how much that that show is loved to a point where yeah. it is still in the top 10 of best tv shows okay. of all time on if you look at lists mm-hmm. it's all uh subjective but <laughs> You know, whatever. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I do want to look that up later. Yeah. Very interesting. Well,
1: I will say the guy who wrote this article on popular mechanics, he mm-hmm. did say that was like the only thing that he found was interesting is that it's blue and maybe right. the purity aspect. Uh, I don't right. I don't know the show. I've never watched it, so I can't like speak more on that. But <clears throat> excuse me. Overall, he said 99 percent of the time, it's extremely, extremely accurate. He's like the wow. the writing and the research is Very high caliber. Yeah. Uh, And I and me, my dad was saying is like the stuff, like the way that they talk, the science about it, the chemistry is absolutely on point. Right. So, um, you know, hats off to that team for, for that kind of writing
0: i love that i i I wonder you so as people who are into chemistry and stuff and they watch the show that's that's their takeaway i'm like i wonder what uh if you're like a psychiatrist and you watch that show is your takeaway like oh you know the writing about a complete sociopathic narcissist is spot on that's the best takeaway of the show (laughs) right totally
1: totally (laughs) So okay, now maybe maybe I'm. This is for another day. I think I'm gonna start watching Breaking Bad because yes, yes. I think it's. I've heard too many times it's a good show and that I like it, but uh, two things: mm-hmm. is is uh, Walter
0: White a good person? I guess that's one um, thing. <laughs> I say no, and I okay. think that that would be the general consensus for mm. majority of audience that. Watches. I don't know. I've never heard someone disagree with that opinion. That said, I did watch the show, and it's not like I went on to, you know, Breaking Bad Reddit and got. You know, I am a fan <laughs> of the show, and I can appreciate it for its good writing and its great acting and all these mm-hmm. elements. But I never was to a point where I became obsessive and I needed to. Right. You know, maybe obsessed is not the f- most fair word, but yeah, I didn't go on like forums or like fan sure. fan bases or anything like that. Sure, um. Sure. But I would say no. Um, I so think there's that's no pretty like clear. protagonist, really. I don't think there is. I there might be some people in the show who you'd c- consider protagonists, but it's all within the context of well, who's the antagonist to that protagonist in that mm, moment? I gotcha. Walter White, at the end of the day, is an, an I think starts as an anti-hero and ultimately becomes a villain. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I think you would enjoy it. I originally I didn't watch it when it was fully on TV, like on Mm -hmm. cable. I watched it once once it was fully finished and I didn't watch it for a long time because I'm I'm such a lazy bum when it comes to (laughs) binging, like in terms of if I know a show has more than four seasons, it already becomes so daunting to me. And I'm like, oh, it's too many episodes. But um, I think, you know. Breaking Bad is just that good that it's easy to get through it and mm-hmm. not feel overwhelmed. So Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm excited.
1: I'm going to give it a try. So that's it, guys. That's the end of the episode. And yeah, I was going to say I should have left um, or should have kept the meth
0: song for this episode. <laughs> I know. It's okay. We can do the third eye blind yeah Uh, that's a meth song anyway yeah i yeah let's do that i'm down (laughs) cool (laughs) all right that's the end of the episode guys so we'll head into antidotes yeah okay i'll start my antidote is i went on a wonderful walk by the ocean cliffs on sunday and it turned into like A 2.4 mile walk. Yes, I mapped it. Because it was just such a nice like breezy day and I needed to have this like isolation moment of just taking in the ocean breeze and being within and by myself Mm. um, that I just kept walking and walking and then I hit a point and I was like, I guess I'll turn around now. (laughs) And I got to my car and I was like, I pierce how far I walked. And 2.4 miles is not far. Like ultimately it really isn't. But um, it was just that feeling of, Um, You know, it didn't feel like that long. But when I got back, I was like, oh, I really like walked a little bit of a distance. So um, just super refreshing to get some sea breeze in my system. And that's my antidote because I just haven't done that in a Mm -hmm. while. And I'm glad I
1: did. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that kind of reminds me when we it was a while ago now, like I think when we were like still in the teens, maybe of our episodes, Mm -hmm. uh, when you were talking about you would take a walk every morning. Yeah. I don't That's do this so anymore. Nice. I know, <laughs> I, I know, but it
0: kind of reminds me with that, like yeah, you, yeah. You enjoy doing that, so it's nice. I do, I do enjoy doing that. I, you know, that changed because of work from home situation changed. Mm-hmm. I no longer live immediately by the beach, um, right. so those those are things that I miss. And so I was like, you know what, if I'm gonna want to keep doing that, I got to be intentional about it. Yeah, I it's only like a 15 minute drive. It's fine, um, yeah. but it was. Very rewarding because it brought back that feeling of you know just taking my everyday walk. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, love it. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, my antidote
1: is—I already talked about it a little bit before we rec- started recording, mm-hmm. but uh, this weekend was my brother's baby's first birthday. Mm-hmm. My bestie, I shoot, <laughs> but uh, also what made it really beautiful was my parents came up for the first time after we moved in, they and I, so they got to see our new place and stay mm-hmm. with us for the weekend. And it was really nice to be able to kind of return the favor. It's always nice to be able to take care of your parents and uh, cook for them and take care right. of them and just kind of do that whole thing. Cause I know Megan, you've already done that a few times now, so, uh, right. with your, your right. mom and your sister. It's just like really nice feeling to be able to have like that time with them yeah and we just had a good cozy time my mom loved the fireplace <laughs> we, good. my dad was like don't turn it on and my mom was like turn it on <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a great time and uh it was actually also we're celebrating a lot of things it was Aisha's first birthday and it was my
0: parents wedding anniversary I don't know oh, wow. which one
1: but it's a lot <laughs> uh, I know I feel like
0: I'm like I think they've been together for a while
1: <laughs> a long time a long time and as part of like the games I guess my brother and Switha put together a trivia of oh, nice. all like family trivia for all yeah. the years that they've been together plus with the kids like us and the very first question which I vetoed but apparently my brother still put in he was like Harini got so many of these in college
0: that you paid for uh, and I, I was like know. oh I my god <laughs> oh
1: my god and my my parents jumped they're like Parking tickets.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so great. Do you think that's something that will just follow you around? For, for ever, anyone who knows you well enough knows uh, oh Perini and her parking tickets. Dude, I got so <laughs> many
1: goddamn parking tickets. And it's a joke now. Like, everyone already knows this. But right. the at one point, I faced off with one of the parking ticket ladies. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, I know you. You're a repeat offender. And I was like... <laughs> I was proud. I was like, so what if I am? Yeah. <laughs> That's puts, me. Puts
0: your sunglasses down, rolls out. <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, it was really, it was it was super nice. And my mom, not my mom, my dad gave my mom a necklace. Look this. It was nice. a really beautiful, it was an emerald necklace from Costco.
0: <laughs> Love it. Hey, Costco, Costco has jewelry. quality stuff. They sure do.
1: Nice they stuff. sure do. Yeah. And my dad, this is how romantic my dad is. Like, he doesn't know how to say things. So, like, he put it on my mom in front of us. Like, he wanted to give it in front of all of us. So, he gave it to her. He was like, you know, for putting up with me all these years. Here you go. And then he was like, now you have to wear it forever. And I was like, what? (laughs) The way he said it it was, like, so threatening. He was like, now you have to wear it forever <laughs> so that's anyways so it was just nice like my aw. my parents are so goofy so yeah. it was just nice to be around their strange energy but yeah it was great. love that
0: <laughs> oh i love your parents oh that's that makes me feel warm and fuzzy oh how nice <laughs> how pleasant it was really pleasant thank you yeah. for sharing all right yeah. well you ready to take it out take it away
1: i am okay don't risk it for that vix vapor (laughs) rub (laughs) biscuit
0: all right everybody thanks for listening peace see ya bye